Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. Ah, thank you, Steve Allen. I love that intro. I'm Scott. I'm joined by Matthew. How you going, Matthew? Good. It's uh, good to be doing a podcast this week after a fantastic win. Well, fantastic for us. Will on the weekend against the Newcastle Knights in uh, Newcastle. How are you going? Oh, fantastic. Uh, it did I have to admit, it did ruin my perfect round. I'll say that. But yep. that's I'll take a win any day over a perfect round. In a, um, I don't know, did it ruin your perfect round? Yeah, I got seven out of eight. Uh, Newcastle letting me down uh, for the perfect round. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I said to somebody today that um, if the dogs were a semi-decent side, I'd... Uh, like, you know, around the sixth to tenth spot, I pick them every week. But we've gone so bad the last couple of years that uh, if you don't, t- if you tip the dogs, it really hurts you in those tipping competitions. <laughs> it gives you, <laughs> you go from first to last pretty easy. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, we'll go into the Bulldogs Knights a little bit later. We've got, I'm very excited to get into that one because we won. But we'll start off. There were some announcements last week. We touched this a little bit last week that we're expected to get a major sponsor. Well, actually, I was expecting it to be announced before game day. Maybe it's this week, but it's the Laundry Hotels is yeah, being announced. Little dis- expected. A little disappointed that we missed out on that one, Scotty. We were in the running um, to be the major sponsor, um, as we said last week. But um, Laundry Hotels, Stu Laundry, uh, most mostly, <laughs> I think he's best known for his work on the Bachelorette TV show. So there you go. Well, I wouldn't know anything about that. Anyway, we'll go on to a, a potential rumour. Is Curtis Scott going to be heading his way up to Belmore? <laughs> a potential rumour, eh? <laughs> well, well, it is a potential rumour. We started it. Oh, potential rumours. Okay. Um, sorry about that. Uh, Curtis Scott to the Bulldogs? I hope not. I'm not a, I'm not a fan. Oh, good. That makes two of us. I don't want him to follow Nick Coltrick, so so we've already put the cross for him. Uh, Raymond Fatale and Marin and Brad and Wakeham have agreed to a two-year extension with the club, both of them may, uh, announcing their signing on the Friday afternoon, which came at an interesting time when Raymond Fatale and Mariner came out and said, people who don't have a contract, it's a bit uncertain at the moment for the next day to sign a two-year deal. I don't know what happened there. I don't know if he was playing the media a little bit or what. He's having a bit of fun with Big Raymond, but a two-year deal for Raymond. What's your thoughts on him first before we jump into the next? Well, I think uh, both sightings were uh, really good sightings, actually. Raymond's really uh, stepped up this season, I feel, anyway. He's uh, playing... It feels like he's playing greater minutes, having more impact on the game. Uh, his stats are going through the roof as well. And Brendan Wakeham, a Fijian international that was in the running for a golden boot last year. That's the best international player in the game. So two really good signings from, from my point of view. I'm very excited about Raymond with Wakeham. I thought it'd be more of a one-year deal. But anyway, he's at the Bulldogs for two years. They see a, a big future in him. Uh, so we'll wait and see how that plays out. It'll be interesting um, to see how he goes with uh, Barrett as coach. Barrett's mm. getting a lot of, uh, uh, what's the word, credit for the Panthers' form this year, especially in attack in Nathan Cleary's form. Uh, in particular, so it'd be interesting to see Wakeham under Barrett. That goes for all our halves, really, but uh, mm. for me, Wakeham probably has the most potential out of the three we currently got, uh, outside outside of four, obviously. <laughs> You're miscounting as someone who just features in the season, don't you? Uh, oh, well, Foran's got like Foran's got a lock on that one, of the, one of the positions in the halves, and then you've got Lewis, Wakeham, and Cogger. So out of those three... I feel like Wakeham has the biggest potential long-term. Fair, good point. Uh, this week is NRL Indigenous round, so all the teams are pulling out their Indigenous jersey. Uh, the Bulldogs jersey, I mean, obviously we can't show you what it looks like. You can jump on the bulldogs.com.au. You can jump on the Twitter, Instagram page, or you can even jump on our one to see what it looks like. Just want your thoughts on the Indigenous jersey this year. Well... The Bulldogs Indigenous jersey, I don't think will be popping up on many of the favourite list of jerseys of all time. We put out the question a couple of weeks ago now, what was your favourite Bulldogs jersey? Well, in two years' time when we do that question again, I don't think this jersey will end up on it. 
To be fair, I reckon this is our best Indigenous jersey. Uh, well, we've had some shockers with Indigenous jerseys. That's a low bar. Yeah, but I think it's actually not a bad jersey. I, like you said, I don't think it will come up as my favourite every jersey, favourite ever jersey or whatever, like like that question we asked two weeks ago. But I think it's a nice a nice design jersey. Don't think it's the best in the competition at the, this year. I think the Panthers hold the best one, to be honest. I haven't seen them all. But um, with our one, I would have preferred, I think, if the colours were flipped. If the river was uh, white and the majority of the jersey was blue. Interesting. I do like actually think that in my head just quickly. That would look pretty cool if we had the same thought on that. If you hit, was hit me up with our jersey designs, Bulldogs, I've, I've got you covered. Awesome. So the next Indigenous jersey will be covered by Matt from the Bulldogs Fans <laughs> podcast. Anyway... We'll move on from the jerseys because we know you can talk all night about jerseys and what's the best one and what's the worst one. And as you're smiling and shrugging, saying you could. Uh, in some interesting news, Adam Elliott could be departing Belmore to go down south to the Wollongong to join the Red V as the Dragons. Adam Elliott, a dragon. Is it a loss? Is it sad? Or what are, what are we thinking? Uh, well, I think at least we won't have too many players stripping off every time they get on the drink. Um, look, it flies in the face of uh, what I said a couple of weeks ago that I can't see Adam Elliott leaving the club. So I was really surprised when I read that today or this evening. Um, I can't picture him in a red V, can you? I can't picture him in anything, however. Um... In anything. So you only picture him <laughs> nude. What do you think of Adam Elliott? It's just... <laughs> It's just the lewd version that Scott thinks of, eh? Well, to be fair, he's done it quite a, a number of times. So <laughs> you can't say you don't play. Anyway, I can't see him in any other colour apart from blue and white. Unless if he's playing representative football. Thank you. For, um, oh, we're in a weird mood at this one, eh? You're in a weird mood. <laughs> I said I was tired, man. Yeah. But Adam Elliott, a dragon. Um, I said a few weeks ago after the actual loss against the Roosters, I heard pretty much when he was talking about how much he loves the club and all that, all I got from that was I'll be leaving the club at season's end without saying it. You came up with the opposite. So he actually is leading, well, from last week, before we go into the, uh, which I won't even know yet, the actual Bulldogs fans podcast player of the year award, Adam Elliott was leading it. I don't know if he's still leading at the moment, but we'll get that into a little bit later. So he's had a good season until the shoulder injuries happen. Uh, Dragons are looking someone to replace Tyson Frizzell. So there's room there. They, So uh, it's a weird one. I, I would like to keep Adam. I think he's been playing good footy. Yeah, look, I'd like to keep him. Um, I don't think he's a replacement for uh, Frizzell. I don't think he's at that level. Uh, but at the same time, if we do lose him, it actually excites me a little bit because uh, we've already got a lot of money in the salary cap. Him leaving gives us a little bit more. What type of player could we potentially get for, if not next season, the year after? Mm. Looking at a, a lock. What are you looking at? A Cameron Murray, are you? <laughs> Victor Redley. Victor Redley. Dal for Lucan. Like, who knows? Like, it just uh, opens up another spot. Uh, the player market these days can be pretty fluid. Someone could come available at the last you know, mm. at any point, really, and then uh, come in. It'd be interesting. Uh, there was a suggestion on a podcast that I was listening to earlier today that the lock for the Bulldogs should be Kieran Foran. What do you think about that? Go through the thoughts. I want to see the thought process so before the thought I process, oh, Sorry. Uh, the thought process is um, lock, the dominant locks at the moment are your Victor Radley's, your Kevin Murray's, Ball, uh, Jake Dvorovich, ball plagues, uh, locks that are slightly smaller than front rollers. And um, with the new rule changes, the game's going back to when players like Jim Dimmick and Brad Fittler were playing at lock. Um, and Wally Lewis and that type of thing. And that the game will continue to head that way underneath the new rules. So somebody like Kieran Foran, who might be a bit slower than he used to be, uh, can go into that position and do that ball playing type of role. It doesn't sound too bad, especially if you get the Burton across, Matt Burton. Well, I don't know if he's big enough, to be fair, for it. Like, I know we're talking about uh, smaller locks than what we have with Jason Tamalolo and Sam Burgess and that type of thing, 
players that we've seen recently. But um, still, you had Brad Fittler, Jim Dimmick had a little bit of size about him. They were big 5'8s. So. Foran's tough, though. Despite getting injured, he tackles anyone who runs at him. He yeah. runs at... He runs at bigger players. He's not afraid to try to go through the bigger players if he sees a slight gap. So, I think I'd be more in favour of it. In favour of it, if we had like two other more experienced halves. Because mm. my initial thought was, if these current rules were in back around the two thousands, how good would the Bulldogs team be with uh, first and the Sherwood and the halves and the Leicester lock? Hmm. No, yeah. That was my initial thought process. But we uh not in the past, so we can't go back. <laughs> Let's move Un- forward. Unfortunately. Another one, what's on the news? The person... Uh, who, I don't know how he got out of... Anyway, Corey Horanara is a Raider. The way it's all played out doesn't make him sound like a good, a good person at all. How he came across against the club, kind of blamed the club... But then yet they make a statement saying that he was sorry for his actions and what he knew what he did was wrong, but still ended up out and didn't want to repay anything for the club. He's now a Raider. I mean, uh, as much of a talent as Corey Herrera is, and we know how good he can be, I think someone like that you don't want in your club with uh, the team culture. Uh, yeah, you're right on that one. Mm. So I don't know how he played himself out of that and to... I'm sorry for what I did. What I did was wrong. It caused damages. We lost sponsorship money because of it. We lost sponsors joining the club. We're yeah. still paying for it now. And then he's still made, he's trying to make himself like he's the bigger man. But- Look, I, I have a sneaky um, feeling that he's, he wanted out because of where, where we are on the ladder. And he's gone to a club that you know, played runners-up last year tipped to be in the grand final again this year by many many uh, good experts so I don't know I have a sneaky suspicion that he wanted out of the club that's bottom of the ladder and bottom of the ladder by a little little bit of distance last week and uh, that he wanted to go to a team that's going to play in the finals well now I hope they miss it because a lot of players who say that they want to play finals footy they usually miss it but anyway well he didn't say that but that's just a suspicion of but anyway I'm just not very happy with him. I think it's good for the club to get rid of someone like that. You don't want those players at your club anymore. As much as we want the talent there, we we need to have the people, the right people, the talented people, but who have the team first mentality and doing things for the team and not being pretty selfish, I guess. Well, that wraps up our news. But I was just going to jump into it. the New Stars Women's Premiership. Yeah. Is, uh, we missed the this last week. Yeah, we did miss this last week. The round two clash was on Saturday. Uh, Bulldogs walking away winners against Wentworthville. 14 points to four was the full-time score. Unfortunately, there is no real match report in this. Uh, but Bulldogs walking away for a win. That win sits, sees them have one win for the season and one loss, and it makes them sit in third place for this um after that, unfortunately, we can't really go into much detail of the game. We can't. We haven't seen it. There's actually not many. If you want to see a little bit of the game, you can go to the Bulldogs Twitter account at NRL underscore Bulldogs Blue Tick account, and there's a highlight reel from the game. Oh, sorry, it's a highlight of a try from the game. Uh, solo effort from Halil Zrika. And I hope I pronounced that correctly. Who's done a length of the field try that involves uh, two right foot steps and a straight leg. So obviously right foot step straight and right foot stepping around and running about, um, it looks about 70 metres. So it was a pretty impressive try no matter what level of the game you're playing. Mm, it was good. So yeah, if you get get in there, watch them, get some support. And also I want to see some match reports so we can even talk a bit of detail, a little bit more detail than what we can. Yeah, but it's good like, to see the first I, win though. I feel like the New South Wales Rugby League, uh, the NSWRL's media team has been scaled back dramatically with the COVID situation. There's mm. not a lot of information coming out at the moment. Mm. Well, that, um, jump... that win came on the back of a loss, didn't it? That's good. Yeah, so we did lose against the Central Coast Roosters 22-0 in the round one, which was obviously we mm. beat Wenrovel on Saturday. The Saturday before we lost in round one. Uh, I believe Isabel Kelly is actually playing for the Central Coast Roosters. Unfair. 
Well, no, because um, <laughs> it's actually a bit different for the women. So the NRLW, those clubs are run more like rep teams. And the clubs mm. that they play for in the Harvey Norman New South Wales Premiership or the uh, Queensland version of that is actually like their real clubs. So someone like Kira Dibb, if you speak to her or listen to her talk, she talks about the North City Bears being her club. Mm. And then uh, she gets picked in like a representative NRLW side. Mm. No, that's exactly how it's exactly how it's run. Um, to put it in perspective, the Central Coast Roosters were are now sitting first. So they look... I mean, it's only early days, but they do look the goods winning two from two. So we lost that. Beat Wentworthville 14 points to four, which we know on the weekend was a wet, wet day. Like the both Saturday and Sunday was crazy. Um, this Saturday, the Bulldogs go up against the Bears at Bon Andrews Field, which is also known as North Sydney number two. So North Sydney Oval number two. Yeah. North Sydney, but Bon, bon Andrews Field, that's what yeah. it's. Its that's name what, is that's so that, its new name, yeah. Yes, yeah, so it's there. But for, for those just past North Sydney Oval, big field at the back, uh, they will be playing there this Saturday at twelve pm. So uh, it is. I don't. Know, it's prob- there is tickets. They have to have tickets due to COVID. It's free tickets. So if you're available, make sure you actually look at North Sydney's uh, Facebook and Twitter page for details. If you're a Bulldogs fan at North Sydney on Saturday, because you can get free tickets, so you can watch their game. And if not, you probably could actually watch it without a free ticket not that far away from North Sydney Oval before any of the COVID stuff comes into effect. I wonder if any fans are going to do the double. Mm, on North Andrews Sydney. on uh, Saturday, followed by ALZ Stadium on Sunday. Thank you, Steve, for that one. <laughs> yeah, for the double. But yeah, if you're just in the area and you want to watch, I reckon, you know, get out there and support the women's game. And it looks like it's meant to be a much better weekend than last weekend. But we'll move on to the actual, uh, the, the males, the men's side, with a, a massive upset against Newcastle on Sunday. Yeah, it was a, it was a good first half. Mm. It was a surprising game, actually. Um, it was one of those weird ones. I Earlier in the week, I thought we had no chance against Newcastle Knights uh, with Kalen Ponga and Mitchell Pearce. Um, but when I sat down to watch the game and it was wet, I thought, we might be half a chance here in these conditions. And then we got into a lead. Then the weather got worse and worse and worse. And I felt like our kicking game in particular, um, keeping the ball on the ground and making sure the ball was rolling through out the uh, wet surface really caused some issues for the Newcastle Knights. Now, Newcastle Knights did have two major injuries during the game. They lost uh, number one hooker Andrew McCulloch um, to a season-ending uh, hamstring injury. Pulled the hamstring off the bone, so that's never nice. And the backup hooker, Connor Watson, did an Achilles tendon. So the Newcastle Knights were hamstrung, part of the pun, by a few injuries uh, on the day as well. So that definitely played a part in it. But I thought for about 60 minutes... The dogs played almost the perfect game in those conditions. Mm, it was. What about the completion rates? It was sitting at at ninety one percent for that game. It, yeah, yeah. Well, I think at one stage we were a hundred and Newcastle were at fifty, and in those mm. conditions, that plays a massive role. I'll tell you what, though, it was a really exciting. It was a bit heart uh, stopping the last fifteen minutes or whatever when the Knights were getting all their points. Uh, <laughs> I had the feeling. I, I've got to admit, I was like, "Well, we're going to lose this." <laughs> we are no, going was, to lose this. I thought uh, we are going to Golden Point. But we hold on. And um, yeah, I don't think I've ever celebrated that type of victory in the way I did <laughs> this weekend. You know, the Bulldogs haven't lost up there since 2013. Yeah, we've now won eight of our last nine games against the Knights. So uh, we're becoming the Newcastle Knights bogey team, aren't we? Yeah, I was waiting for you to say that. I was trying to leave you to say that, actually. Oh, the hoodoo. The Lou oh. hoodoo. <laughs> I'll quickly run through the uh, scoring sheet for this game. Yeah, uh, Aiden Tolman scored in the 11th minute. That's his first try since 2017. Uh, Raymond Fatale uh, Fata- and Mariner scored in the 42nd minute, and Jake Averillo in the 47th minute. Where that led the Bulldogs to 18. Uh, Nick Meany got one from one with the boot. Jake Averillo kicking the next two with the two from two. For the Knights, they didn't. They started their. Uh, Tries in the 60th minute, like you said, the last 20 was a bit nerve-wracking with Heimel Hunt 
in the 60th minute. Sione uh, Mentality on a 68th minute with Kalen Ponga kicking two from two with the boot as well, which is quite impressive for the three goal kickers used in those conditions. They're all hard goal kicks when it's raining yeah. that much. But uh, Yeah, there was some from the sideline as well. Um, what I would like to talk about is the way we scored. I don't know about you, Scotty, but I don't think we've given that, that much uh, for, <coughs> excuse me, that much variety close to the line that we like for a couple of seasons. Mm. But we had yeah. um it was less predictable. It wasn't just the barge over. Had little kicks behind the line. Um like Raymond Fatal Mariner, um like getting him uh I think he ran over the top of Pierce, was it? Mm. Isolating him one on one with a yep. bigger guy. Exactly. Uh, that was great dummy half work. Uh was that a Marshall King or Katoa? No, it was Marshall King. Marshall, was I'm pretty sure yeah, it was Marshall yeah. King for the 80, yeah. That was, like, fantastic. Um, that's right, because Katoa came on and played in the lock. Mm. Um, that was fantastic, uh, like, uh, ball play there by Marshall King. Uh, and then, yeah, just little kicks behind. Avarillo stuffed one up, knocking on a certain try. Oh, uh, he slipped. He slipped. <laughs> He's just foot just gave way when he was yeah. trying to dive for a try, unfortunately. He could have ended up with two that day. Yeah. Would have been a bigger scoreline. But what do you think? Do you think uh, we threw exactly a much more variety this week? Yeah, I'm going to actually say the first try we've had in Tolman. Um, Lachlan Lewis put a grubber kick in, and I know I've been the harshest person of Lachlan Lewis. I actually didn't mind that. Despite, I don't think the grubber kick went where he wanted it to go. But like he caught Newcastle a little bit off there, and I thought it was brilliant. Went from Dallin to keep it, keep it in, keep it going. And it was just Newcastle trying to being short. Which saw Aiden Tolman go go through, and you can yeah. see how excited he was. Big Aiden Tolman, he was making sure that he was there, <laughs> backing up for a yeah. try. That was a really good try too, because I'm, I'm going to give Lewis more credit than you just did. I reckon that was all exactly how he wanted it to. Down the short side, kept the ball in in wet conditions. Um, Newcastle made a bit of a meal of it, meal of it. Dallin gets the ball, uh, keeps it in, quick play of the ball, and then again, um, Lachlan Lewis ran to the line, Scott. Mm. I haven't seen him run that far in four years. Yeah. It was in reserve grade. He he took about a five to six meter run to the line to draw a couple of defenders like a halfback does. And uh, a nice little short ball to a charging prop forward. Brilliant. Um, I must say, though, you had Jeremy Marshall King and Tolman chasing, like, you know, being good push, like support players. I think that's just, that tribe was deserved on many. If you, like, Tolman hasn't scored since 2017, the last round. That's deserved on effort on so many games. If anyone deserved to try for the Bulldogs, it's Aiden Tolman. And in that game, he was just chasing, chasing him really well. So you give him more credit. I thought it was an off kick, but anyway, I just like the idea of catching them off guard. You know, just putting some unpredictability in the in the side. Even if it was an off kick or a kick, I'm enjoying that side. Like you know, catching teams off guard, even in wet weather football, that is where you catch teams off guard the most. When you're putting an attacking kick like that in in on tackle four. Uh, you've covered a lot of it. I want to actually put some weird talking points in this game. Nick Meany kicking one from one, and then doesn't be seen to kick again. Is there a reason behind that? I haven't heard anything or seen anything about that. Uh, yeah, it is a bit odd. Uh, he's hooked himself, or <laughs> I don't know. Did not like the way he kicked it? Nah. Um, I don't know. Maybe there was a small twingy injury in the leg or something. That's all I can think of, really, as for any reason why he would stop kicking, because he's our main kicker every week. Well, did he forget Jake was in the side, because Jake was kicking kicking at 100%. He hasn't missed a goal <laughs> kick in the NRL, and he's like, oh, yeah, you're back this week. I forgot. <laughs> all yours. No, I'm kidding. I have no idea, but um, one of Jake's kicks was very ugly, but mm, it was very windy one. as well, so I'm, I'm actually going to give him credit as well this week. Man, I'm generous. That, I reckon he did it on purpose. Uh, I reckon he's kept it low, trying to get it beneath the wind. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. You, you see, how can you argue if that missed 100%? And then I right. He's the greatest um, goal kicker we've ever seen. <laughs> Has him the second best. Anyway, Sione Katoa, the start of the week, I was a bit confused naming Wakeham and Sione Katoa on the interchange bench. Wakeham took the 14, and Sione Katoa took the 15. I was just I anticipating... Think actually, I think we actually said last week that there's one figure for certain, there's no way the 17 that was named would play. Yeah, exactly what I was about to well, say. Like, <laughs> exactly, I was, I was anticipating Katoa drops out, because he was like 14, and then I was yeah. just reading a bit too much, him changing numbers almost. We also said at one stage that maybe the 7 and the 6, the, the players named at 7 and 6 would both be out, one injured <laughs> and one uh, 
dropped for uh, Wakeham at 14 and uh, Cogger in the reserves. But none, <laughs> none of that happened. Anyway, when Couture was named, I was like, oh, geez, like, this is going to be interesting. Are we going to actually play a halfback? What are we going to do with this halfback? And then someone said on Twitter, they said, expect Wakeham to get him, come on in the second half and move Lewis into the back row. And I thought, eh, that's probably the most likely option because I thought Katoa would be looking at the hooker role. But no, Katoa no. plays lock. I think they changed bench. And he does a good job. Holds his own at lock. Didn't I like it. I going to say, I like it. It's very uh, Harvili-esque, isn't it? Mm, mm. It's like the he, Raiders. He's a bigger, a little bit bigger hooker as far as build. Um, not fat, just his build is a bit bigger than most hookers. So, And um, we were talking about uh, the lighter ball-playing locks. There's nothing to say it can't be a, a hooker-type player mm-hmm. that can uh, got good uh, passing ability in and around the middle of the ruck to fill that role. Why not? That's a tick. Well, I've given it a tick, too. I've Actually, it... sorry, Scotty, but I was just going to add to that. Uh, it's probably better from the defense point of view, too. Mm. Just like Katoa defending in the middle of the field compared to like a foreign, you take Katoa. Mm. Yeah. And that's, that's not a, a shot at foreign, obviously. It's just that positional wise, Katoa has to be a better defender playing a hooker. Mm. That's a good point. Sitting in the middle. Or... Anyway, another interesting point was when this Wakeham coming on with about 15 to go, it looked like, uh, and with Flockle Lewis uh, coming off for, like, for Wakeham, interesting that. Uh, Sorry, the uh, interesting decision in change. Usually, as a halfback, you want to be the person who ices the game out. When you get into a lead, especially in the wet weather football, you want to be the one who kicks them to a win, don't you? That's I think that's standard. You get to a nice lead, you got fifteen to go. We were winning eighteen six in the last little bit. You want to be able to kick them to a win. You maybe even get another try in there, but you kick them to a win, kicking to the corners, kicking kicking bombs, doing all the right things. Can Lewis not finish the game? Is that the issue, or was this always the plan that Wakem was going to come in and finish off the game? I don't know. <laughs> um, look, it's confusing, isn't it? Because, like you touched on, um, if your halfback can't close a game, they're going to say, "I hate the terminology iced." By the way, I hate how that's come into rugby league. Anyway, if your halfback can't close out a game and control uh, which direction your team is going. You probably shouldn't be named at halfback to begin with. Mm. You could put somebody on the bench to come and close the game out. So, given that, I thought Lewis had been dropped, uh, had been hooked again. Mm. Like That's what Fox Brown too. Yeah. Um, but I don't believe that at the moment either, because he's been named at halfback this weekend, and Wakeham's missed out on the the complete twenty-one. So, mm. it is a noodle scratcher. Because I'm just trying to think. You know, you're. Halfback, you want to finish off the game, you want to seal it, win it, everything like that. We know he butchered a big one against the Dragons. There's no doubt about that. We all we all know he butchered against the Dragons. His kicking game at the end of the at the end of the game, before he went off, before he went off his end of the game, was interesting. He kicked one straight into the head again. He's like he's targeting people's heads. Like he's got to really, you know, put it through the gaps, and he's got to kick it over or like you know through the gaps. He needs to figure out not by kicking at players' heads and not playing at it. He's did some poor grubber kicks where they weren't really piercing the line or anything. There was a few interesting kicks like, in the second half. Is it something he struggles with? That's why I was thought, is that a plan? And then Wakeham comes in and kicks his first one out of the full. Yeah, Wakeham didn't do too good, unfortunately, in the time that he did get. But then again, like the halfback normally feels their way into a game, not coming on as an impact player. Anyway, mm. I don't know. Um, it's a very bizarre one. And uh, ran off to a manga when you're talking about wet weather football. You're looking for props to dig in, you know, maybe get a little bit more game time. You know, fatigue's going to kick in. Like, you know, your big starters, your Tom and your Napa, if fatigue's going to kick in, there's a lot more in the middle happening. It becomes a slugfest. Ten minutes of dinner change, not named in this week's 17. So it looks like That's he right. hasn't impressed. George Arles is definitely um, trying a few different things, hasn't he? And I think most of them have come off. Apart from losing in the last minute to the Dragons, it's been pretty positive. Yeah, to be fair. To be fair, yeah, it's been a good start for Steve Gonzalez. Just thought we could jump into our top performance for the week. Now, there's a lot more positives comes. I've got a good list of performance players on a highlight before I even go to my two points and one point. 
All right, go for it. I want to highlight Nick Meany. I don't think his stats are overly impressive. I just think how good he was at the back. He's safe. It's wet. It's a it's a day when you wake up as a full back and you're like, oh, no, this is going to be a hard day. You, you get targeted even more in the back three. Bombs going up, chases, the the wind, the the rain in your eyes. And I think Nick Meany was absolutely superb in those conditions. It was very impressive, wasn't he? Uh, and because of that, he's got my two points. No, so you jumped into the points already, awesome. <laughs> well, if, you, if you're going to bring up players that are getting points in your highlights, I'm just going to throw the points out as you go through them. So he's won your man of the match. He didn't even get a point for me. Uh, Must have been close, though. Oh, he was. Well, These he's players, on this list, so he has to be. <laughs> the players who made this could have easily, in any other week, could be the two points person. That's in my list, anyway. Fort Kieran Foran was impressive. Uh, eight runs for 95 metres. He actually ran a line break off Aidan Tolman. How good is that, eh? Uh, two tackle breaks, one line break, 20 tackles, one try assist. Busy in defence, busy in the attack. He would have been looking at Jacob Rilio and saying, come on, man, that could have been two try assists. But anyway... <laughs> Jerry Marshall King, I thought, was solid again. Nine runs for 60 metres, 56 tackles. This guy's a tackling machine. He played well, 80 minutes in the rain. Absolute slug. Uh, Dylan Napa, thought he played well. He does seem to play well against Newcastle. Remember, we all highlighted him last year against Newcastle. 19 runs for 164 metres, 50 post-contact post contact metres, 23 tackles in 50 minutes. That's incredible from the wing. Dylan Napa. Oh, I thought you said Dallin Watelli's and Osniak. No, this is Dylan Napa. Oh, my, my apologies. <laughs> I mean, I was about to say, did he maybe play I fell as- Maybe I fell asleep there for a little bit while you were talking. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I'm reading my stats. I thought Luke Thompson was impressive. 17 runs, 140 metres, 56 post-contact metres, 43 tackles in 53 minutes. Mm. I want to highlight Sione Katoa playing that ball-playing lock. Uh, he played 43 minutes in the middle. Uh, he made nine runs for 60 metres. Doesn't sound overly impressive, but in the conditions, 27 post-contact means 36 tackles. Didn't look out of out of place. So there are the players I'm highlighting. Uh, you've given your two points away. Yep. I would give, I'll give my two points away. The two points to me goes to Aidan Tolman. There you go. What a, what a performance. 65 minutes, one try. How good was the try, eh? Like, how good was it to see the big front rower barging over, especially for a long time in the waiting? Uh, yeah, and I've also given Tom a point there as well. So a bonus point as well. <laughs> 200, he was the king of bonus points at the start of the year. 201 metres made, 70 post-contact metres, a tackle break, a line break, a line break assist, the one I spoke about, Kieran Forum, 48 tackles, and please do yourself a favour, jump on the Bulldogs Twitter page and look at Aidan Tolman's Macarena when they post the video for the tries. It's fantastic. If you haven't done what? it, when after a try scored... I have seen that. I'll have to go have a look. After a try is scored, the Bulldogs tweet a little video of every play what gets played at the big screen at home games. Yeah, yeah. And Aidan Tolman's Macarena, oh, it's the best thing I've ever seen. I think it's better than a try. I'll tell you that much. There I thought go. it was good. And my one point goes to Raymond Fatala Mariner. He's just in a purple patch of form at the moment. 80 minutes again in the rain's impressive. He scored a try, 19 runs, 149 metres, 50 post-contact metres, five tackle breaks, a line break, and 38 tackles. So Raymond Fatalamano picking up the one point. Alrighty, so those points have gone into the leaderboard, and we'll finish with a quick update on the leaderboard. But first, uh, rounds one and round two have been locked in. Scotty, we've, put it, we've watched the games, we've rewatched the games for our... Because uh, we came up with this idea during COVID. So we've rewatched the games to give uh, the two points and the one points out for both rounds one and round two. They have also been entered into the leaderboard. So for round one, we both actually had Josh Jackson getting two points. Mm-hmm. So he gets five points for that with the bonus point. We also both had Dallin Watelli getting one point each. So then obviously he gets a bonus point as well. And in round two, uh, we both had Adam Elliott getting two points. Well, there so we all, go. Of a, all of a sudden we are agreeing. So he gets um, a bonus point on top of that as well. So five points for him. But uh, you had Jeremy Marshall King mm-hmm. uh, with one point. He's coming onto the leaderboard. That's his first point of this season. And um, I had Nick Meany getting one mm. point for round two. So that leaves us with a top. What do you want me to do? It's got top three or top five. It's up to you. Top five. Top five. 
All right. Tied first is Adam Elliott and Nick Meaney on 12 points. Uh, so Ada Thomas in third with 11 points. Kieran Foran and Josh Jackson tied fourth there with seven points. So there's the top five players. Sweet. How good's that? All right, Scott, we're just about to jump into uh, the we'll talk about this week's game against the Paramount Eels at ANZ Stadium on Sunday. But uh, we've got some confirmation about the major sponsor, Scotty. Mm, so the Laundy Hotels have confirmed they'll be a major sponsor of the club. It actually was originally reported that they would join to the end of the season, but they're actually going to join to the end of the 2022 season. So massive news for the club. There you go. Does it give you any information about how much they're paying? Well, on the Bulldogs website, uh, no. Um, but the reports figured there would be about half a mil for the rest of the season to be major sponsors, like a part you know, half-season major sponsor. Uh, you can actually check on the Bulldogs website. They've actually got the jersey design there. And by the looks of it, it looks like it's with the hotel logo. It's not like a massive logo. But it looks like it's the Londy Hotels is written in blue. Oh well, yeah, I've just uh, pulled. I've just opened the app, the uh, Bulldogs uh, mobile phone app. So if you haven't got that, download that. Just search it in the App Store or the Play Store. Um, and yeah, I can't really zoom in unfortunately. But you're right. It's uh, looks like the L and a D create some sort of box shape with a curvy line underneath, uh, and it's got the words. Laundry in blue and hotels in black. Um, it's quite interesting. It's an interesting sponsorship, isn't it? Because I was thinking about this uh, last week when it was rumoured to happen and it was going to be announced and all this sort of stuff. They own multiple uh, pubs, uh, restaurants, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and because they own multiple uh, restaurants... They obviously promote those restaurants by the restaurant's name and the restaurant's logo. Mm. So, Lawley Hotels is not a recognisable name to most people. Mm-hmm. And yep. the logo is... Uh, I've searched up the logo last week. Um, it's pretty much what it is on the jersey, except I think it's black normally. Um, that logo is not a recognisable logo. Is it... <laughs> it's, a, it's an interesting company to come sponsor us. You... Like, you know, I don't know, I'm not a massive sponsor person, but I would have thought that it would be more helpful if it was actually one of the restaurants or hotels that they own as the logo. Well, that's actually a really good point. I didn't actually think of it like that, actually. It's a really good point because there is a lot of hotel chains that are linked and they're under different names in different areas or different states or different countries. Yeah, they're under a different I name. They, they've just brought out a whole bunch of different independent ones and put it under one banner, but yeah. Maybe, I don't know, maybe that's their, their, their goal. They've got one in Bass Hill, which is the closest to the Bulldogs, well, in the Bulldogs area. That's the most yep. one in the Bulldogs area. They're all over. I was doing some research. They go up and down. Like I was looking at the New South Wales ones. They go up and down everywhere in New South Wales. Uh, so I don't know if they want you to Google them when you're doing your next trip and uh, go like that. But anyway, uh, it's awesome to have them on board. It's awesome to have a major sponsor again. A major sponsor, what looks like it uh, looks good on the jersey, though. Looks nice. Yeah, it's a nice sponsor um, integration, which we talked about last week, which is really good. Um, yeah, um, if you keep talking for a second. Yeah, I mean, could we potentially see Rashes come into the Bulldogs next year, maybe as a another shirt sponsor or something now, or lost their chance to come back on board? Well, anything's possible, isn't it? No, well, I'm I'm actually glad for the Bulldogs board and all that. It's been a troublous time losing Dean Pay and you know, they got direction now, they got the new coach in Trent Barrett, which was confirmed last week. That we spoke about him as well, but I'm gonna quickly say that I'm backing him hundred percent. We've got to back our coach and be together, I reckon. That's my opinion in the club. We've got to stick yeah. together. But now we've got the, the major sponsor. We got Nick Kotrick, who yeah. I think is a marquee signing, well at least a big signing at the very least. Things are st- it just looks like things are ticking. Yeah, I wouldn't say marquee signing, but it looks like things are going in the right direction, as you said. The other bit of news last week after we recorded is Trent Barrett has been confirmed as head coach, as you just said as well. But uh, why I asked you to keep talking just a second ago there was because I was looking up, I was trying to look up an article that I read 
couple of days ago about uh, laundry hotels. Yep. Um, and here it is. Apparently, Arthur Laundry, who uh, started the business, and now he's got his two sons, uh, Stu from The Bachelorette, and uh, another one uh, running the show. Apparently, Arthur is actually a close friend of the coach, Trent Barrett. Ooh. And he's been a friend of him throughout his, uh, for his playing career as well. So there you go, long-term friend. Um, it, the article then goes on to say that the family owns, so Laundry Hotels own 60 venues across the eastern seaboard, including the Manly Pacific, the Sofitel at Noosa, the Crown Plaza at Terrigal, Northies. So mm. encroaching the Cronulla territory there. The Sharks like to hang out there. Uh, Watson Bay's Hotel, Motorvale Hotel, uh, and the Twin Willows at Bass Hill, as you said. They also owned uh, one at uh, Marsden Park. Um, now, the Twin Willows was the family's first pub and enjoys a rich 40-plus-year association with the Bulldogs. So that's Ooh. interesting, isn't it? It's uh, mm. dating back to the playing days of Jeff Robson. Uh, sorry, Jeff Robinson. The wild man lived around the corner from the pub, and so the Twin Willows was an unofficial clubhouse um, for the Bulldogs, uh, and often you could see players like Terry Lamb or the Mortimer brothers there. So oh, wow. it's um, now the reason I bring this up is that it's fantastic that we've got a major sponsor. It's fantastic that we're getting major sponsor money for that real estate on the jersey. It's fantastic that it's integrated, but it almost feels like, and I hope this is the case, that it's coming from within the Bulldogs family slash community already. Mm. The Forty plus years association with the club in some way or another. So fantastic. And Arthur is apparently a massive fan. No, there we go. That's awesome. I, I haven't read that article, but thank you for bringing that up in such short notice when news, are break, news is breaking always on our podcast. Every time we record, it could be, be midnight. It could be midnight. <laughs> but I was just looking at this quickly. Like you said, you ran through a few of the hotels. So this is so uh, when we versed the Dragons in Wollongong again, we can go to the Albion Park Hotel, <laughs> have a good feed, or even stay the night. You know what I mean? All good stuff. I was even looking... If you're versing the Panthers, I think Plumpton is the closest one. Not too far away from Penrith. So uh, you got that one there. you got the Northies in that Cronulla area. Uh, so there you go. So when you, if you're going to the games in the future and you want a nice place to stop and eat or even spend the night. Motorvale's 30 minutes away from Manly as well. Yeah, there you go. You picked there up you one. <laughs> so there's a few over the place. But yeah, just take a look, take a look at the mountain. Awesome. Like, what about a connection within the community for a club? And that's was breaking yet again. It's interesting. You can go back and listen to all our episodes. Some Something always be, happens when we record. Yeah, yeah, I reckon we could record at midnight and the club will make an official announcement <laughs> about something at a weird time. But anyway, that's been recorded. Why don't we take a look back on the field this week? We've got the Parramatta Eels at ANZ Stadium, our first game there since round two. Uh, Sunday afternoon, like I said, 2 p.m. kickoff. First of all, awesome time slot. We played. Uh, what do you think? I hope it's not raining because we're in row four. That's what I think. <laughs> Come and say hello if you can see it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but what part of the stadium in row four? Um, it's a big stadium, look, yes. Good point. Fantastic to, I suppose, go back home. Uh, it'll be great to drive into ANZ Stadium again and. Uh, get ready for a Bulldogs home game. I think that would be, you know, the anticipation around the kickoff is going to be pretty good. Uh, it's great that it's against um, uh, Arch Rival. Unfortunate that we can't have a massive crowd for this one. Uh, we definitely go in as massive underdogs there. Yeah. Will you go against massive underdogs against uh, Newcastle Knights and walk away with the win? Can we pull two big teams? Well, yeah. Well, if Newcastle was massive, then this is four times that. Okay, I was going to say, it was, well, it was a massive win. Like, no one gave us a shot, even prior to kick-up. You if you're watching Fox League, we'll see any game was on. I will they point didn't... out, though, Scotty, that last week we entered the second half of the season. And you yeah. know what that means. That means the dogs start to come good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> History shows last couple of years. Last time we played at ANZ Stadium, so I'm just pulling it up. It keeps going back to round 12 when I go to round 2. Sorry, last time we played at ANZ Stadium was against the Cowboys. It was a Thursday night clash against the Cowboys. Round 2? Uh, round 2, yes. I keep going back to it, and my app keeps taking me back to round 12 every time I click round 2. So if you hold with me, it's a Thursday night. This was before the redevelopment. It was the 19th of March 
So over four months ago, we last played a game at ANZ Stadium. Uh, we did think that at that stage we were going to get a redevelopment. That was the first time there was no crowd allowed. So there were, realistically, there was only the 500 people allowed to go to that game. And now, yes, we can't have a, a massive crowd, but we will have a crowd there this Sunday. So it's actually our first game we're going to attend at ANZ this year. And we're talking about that in July. How crazy. Yeah, it's just the world we live in at the moment, Scotty, unfortunately. Mm, I thought it was before we bring that up. It's been a long, long time since we've been at ANZ Stadium. I'm excited. I'm excited to see our good friend Steve Allen just saying it at the <laughs> at the ground. I'll quickly run through the team list. We've mentioned a few changes already at the start of the podcast. Our fullback is Nick Meany. The wingers are Dallin Martelli, Zalesniak, and Marcelo Montoya. In number three, making his Bulldogs return is Tim Lifei, and number four, Jake Avilio. 5'8 is Kieran Foran, halfback Lachlan Lewis. The props is Aidan Tolman and Dylan Napa. Hooker is Jeremy Marshall King. The second row is a Josh Jackson and captain, and Raymond Fatala Mariner. Our lock is Luke Thompson. In the interchange bench, number 14, coming into the side, Jack Cogger. 15, Sione Katoa. Coming back into the side as well, number 16, Sawaso Su. And number 17, Ofihiki Ogden. Our four reserves is Kieran Holland at number 19, Renoff Tormunga in number 20, in jumper number 21, Chris Smith, and in 22, Remus Smith. So a few changes yeah. even after a win. Yeah, so like we said, it touched on earlier, I think uh, Steve George Arliss is actually trying a few different things, which is probably a good thing. Uh, probably something that needs to happen. Um, it'll be interesting to see if... Uh, to a manga gets back into the 17 before uh, kickoff. Yeah, it's been it's interesting that uh, Wakeham just gets completely cut from the 21. We, we last week we had all the three halves in the 21. Well, it begs uh, the question: Cogger's at 14. Will Cogger come on after 66 minutes to try to ice the game? Well, <laughs> well, I, I, I hope we're in that position to say that. Like, I hope we can take Parramatta in the 66 minute mark and actually be leading. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so Koga, uh, Tim Lifei coming in. doesn't shock me he comes straight in for Kieran Holland. I mean, I almost was expecting Tim Lifei to play last week because he has been training with the Dragons. These are the like he Sorry, I was just going to say, these are the situations where it really sucks that we don't have a reserve grade, doesn't it? It's oh, fantastic yeah. to have seen Tim Lifei play last week at reserve grade for the Bulldogs mm. and uh, see, how see how he goes and what to expect in top grade. Uh, he hasn't been playing for a little while at the Dragons because they've been mm. pretty set on Lomax and Aiken uh, over there. So, and we've obviously played different, uh, slightly different systems and stuff. So, don't really know what to expect out of Tim in his first game back, but it's a big one to start with. Mm. And uh, yeah, he hasn't played since the round two clash, which was pre-COVID, to even add. Yeah. So that was his last time he played top grade. Uh, so yeah, you make a point. I was actually going to say it's a shame we don't have reserve grade for someone like Aiken. Like it's very oh, hard to. To work on your game, yeah, he put a his first kick. He put a kick out in the full, but it's very hard to work on your game. There's only so much you can do at training. Yeah, to to playing game time, and you got people like Cogger who's coming in and out of the side regularly. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like even Tua Munga, if he doesn't make the seventeen on the weekend, very hard. Like you know, there's certain things that the coach wants you to do and wants you to work on. It's very hard. You can't go back to New South Cup. And actually do it. Just quickly looked up Tim Laffey. Last played for the Bulldogs in 2015. So it's five years ago now. Or five seasons. Um, if you include this year, that is. Um, he actually has got a better record at the Bulldogs than he does at the Dragons, despite playing uh, almost 20 more games at the Dragons there, Scotty. Yeah, he's, it looks like more prolific try score at the Bulldogs. 74 games at the Bulldogs to 91 games at the Dragons, but he's won 44 at the Bulldogs to only 43 at the Dragons. Lost 30 with us, 48 with them. Uh, you got 30 tries in those 74 games for us, but only 18 tries in 91 games for them. Mm. He has done a bit more goal kicking over there, 19 from 30, 6 from 9 for us. Um, but yeah, 132 points in his 74 appearances and a winning percentage of almost 60%, so hopefully he can bring that winning percentage back. <laughs> I mean, the more I thought about it at first uh, when I said that I wasn't overly keen on his signing, I mean, for the rest of the year, it's not a bad idea. He's playing for a contract for next year. He's playing to beat the Bulldogs again next year, so he's he'd be keen. Uh, he'd be keen to get back in that top seventeen, play some football, 
Uh, they came off a win as well. So he's coming off a team bouncing around at Belmore after a win, after a pretty impressive win on the weekend as well. I know it's a tougher clash, but it'd be a good week for him, actually. He's came in, they've won a game. A bit of confidence is growing within the boys. Absolutely. So, yeah. All right. Um, just to round this off, um, oh, we completely forgot uh, start of the week earlier early as well. But anyway, uh, okay. We'll do it right now. Start of the week, uh, the Bulldogs lead the NRL in total kick meters, Scotty. Well, wow. Who would have thought? 7,239. I don't think any of us would have been tipping that one. Um, but That's more... definitely a good start of the week. I'm giving you, there you go. bonus points for that one. Uh, and then head-to-head uh, for this week, uh, more specific to the game we're talking about, Bulldogs and Parramatta Eels, Scotty, have played each other 158 times. Incredible. The Dogs have won 84 to Parramatta 68 with six six draws. In the ANZ Stadium, from the 31 games played, it's the Bulldogs 16-15. Ooh. Finally, yeah. <laughs> as even as you can get. Uh, who wins this weekend? Parramatta, unfortunately. They make it 16 all at ANZ. I'm just hoping uh, for a downpour, actually. <laughs> well, <laughs> when we were watching that game last week, I did say... Um, well, we weren't watching it together, but when I was watching it, I did say, um, you know, uh, rain and wind, it's a great equaliser, isn't it? Mm, so if, yep. it's a, if it's a monsoon on Sunday, uh, it will level the playing field. Also, we'll go for a nice swim while we're watching the game as well. Alrighty, time for Old Dog Scotty to wrap up the show. Yeah, so Old Dog, I've, again, done the link, done the connection here. Uh, 2000... No, he was already used. Jared Listen back to... No. <laughs> he was all... Actually, that's funny. I was actually thinking about doing him last week and then this week because of the Bulldogs' eels. But uh, anyway, Daily M Centre of the Year in 2004. Mm-hmm. I think you know who it no, is. Willie Tonga. Yes. Thank you for sounding so excited. <laughs> I've picked Willie Tonga because he started his career at Parramatta yeah. back in 2002. Never really got any chance. He played the two seasons there. Played five games, three games. Came to the Bulldogs under just only eight games under his belt before whipping out 27 games. Unknown player that year. Turned out to be what a signing that was. An unknown player coming to the club and winning a premiership. Very young. Got to play Origin as well in 2004. What a year for the Tonga, right? Yeah, he really burst out into the scene. Um, we had a really good recruitment team back then. He was joining a team that was uh, pretty successful as well. Yeah, he was. But I just thought, what a year. Like, you know, you're looking at 2002, 2003. No one knows who Willie Tonga is. He's just playing the games here and there. He's just on the cusp of their a fringe player at the Parramatta Eels. Jumps across, and then he's into a premiership winning side, and he was very successful that year, playing the 27 games for 18 tries. Uh, I actually particularly remember a game against the Roosters where he just gave Justin Hodges a bath that night at ANZ Stadium. Absolutely showed one of the uh, premier centres at the time, Justin Hodges, up, a young star coming in, showing up. Played Origin, he's quite a successful player. I mean, unfortunately, left the Bulldogs in the 2009 season, so he missed a very good year that year for the Bulldogs. But uh, he's for him at the, uh, the Bulldogs, he played 82 games, which was the most out of any club. In the NRL, finishing with 37 tries, which actually surprised me because I just remember him just scoring tries for fun, especially in the first couple of years. Uh, 148 points, 49 wins, 33 losses for 59%. He went on to the Cowboys. He didn't have as much success at the Cowboys. I do remember him struggling a little bit. 60 games for 34 tries, 136 points there. Then he went back to Parramatta to finish off his NRL stint between 2012 and 2014. Also went to the Super League playing for Catalan Dragons. Uh, yeah, so what was uh, Willie Tonga? Like, he brings, he's the highlight reel. Good fit. The thing I love about his, one of the funny things about his career is that, he, as you said, he's played for Parramatta, Canterbury, North Queensland, and back to Parramatta again. Um, out of the three teams he's played for in the NRL, the only team he did play finals football for was the Parramatta Eels. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> I love it how good you are. You don't know who Old Dog is for people who listen to the show. Yeah, absolutely. Matthew's you, gotten, 
yeah, you pick it all and don't tell me until it's all out. Yeah. Yeah. So I love it. I just want to give you a wrap quickly and before you talk back to Willie Tonga. You don't know Old Dog at all. No, no. At all, except for the one you picked last year. You hit, you picked Terry okay. Lamb last year. Um, yeah. That's when you took over that one. It's my segment. It was my idea. You've yeah. let me take full control. I think uh, you deserve a rap to quickly pick up a quick fun fact of Willy Tonga there. I uh, was uh, saying he's never played a finals game, so I was like, well done. Well, I'll give you a yeah. rap. Um, look, I used to love watching him play, especially when you, him and Justin Hodges were face-to-face, because yeah. I, I used to hate Justin Hodges. Mm. And um, mm. Willie Tonga giving it to him. It was like, yes, like, come on. Um, it's good to see somebody get one over him. And quite often he'd beat Justin Hodges. Yeah, it's just... No matter what uh, arena it was. Finals football, uh, regular season, that sort of thing. You hear, like, those props, right, when the props verse each other? Yeah. Like the Harrigan and... Oh, damn. Don't forget his name now. Or Harrigan and Mark Carroll. Mark Carroll, yes, sorry. Both of them, Newcastle and Manly. And it was a battle within a battle. Mm. And then you had... You've got that. That was like... Luke Thompson, Payne Yeah, Luke Thompson, Payne the other day. But Sam Burgess... James Graham. Yep. Sam Burgess and Dylan Harper at one stage, where Dylan Harper really lift against the Burgess brothers. He really took that personally a couple of times. Mm-hmm. That's more modern ones. But you actually think, like, you always see, like, the positions where the forwards take it personally. It was like when Willie Tonga versus Justin Hodges. Mm-hmm. That was his thing where it was good to see some outside backs go toe-to-toe, and you knew you knew that Willie Tonga loved beating him. It must have been from, like, you know, because it's always good to beat the Premier Centre. Like, Justin Hodges was always up there playing Origin, playing for Australia. Yeah, it was almost like he was measuring himself against him, wasn't it? Mm. Um, Willie Tonga, though, great defensive. Sorry, not de- not defensive centre. He was great in defence, but he had um, some good footwork and some speed, particularly when he was younger, too. Oh, he was lightning down the sideline, him in Utah on the left-hand side yeah. of the field. What? And he was a bit a... bulky too, wasn't he? Too mm. like um, not massively bulky, but bigger than the average center. So you had that side of Utah and Tonga. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, looking back though, you 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 forget how, or you don't realize at the time how spoiled we were, do you? <clears throat> no, because him in Utah on the left-hand side of the field, you had the really well. Utah was no slouch, but you had your really really fast Willie Tonga. Mm-hmm. Fresh, young, speed to burn down the sideline, and then if he didn't, if he couldn't get it over, you often or not, Matt Utah was happy to take Just over six over. of you. Yeah, take six yeah. of you with me because I'll take you with me and I'll score anyway. Um, the other thing so that about was awesome left hand side. Yeah, it was. And the other thing about Willie Tonga is that he definitely played his best football at the Bulldogs. Mm. And I, when I think of Willie Tonga, I when players retire, they often gravitate one way, if they played for multiple clubs, one way or another. So if I say a player's name, the first club you think of is sort of who they get mm-hmm. associated yep. with the most, right? So if I exactly. say, like, Greg Alexander. Penrith. Yeah, that's right. But he mm-hmm. played for the Warriors, though. Yes. Well. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, that sort of thing. Willie Tonga is the same with the Bulldogs. You say mm-hmm. Willie Tonga, Bulldogs. Yeah. Even no, though he's, I... he started and finished his career para in the NRL. Um, yeah, really good player. Yes, I was just really wanted to highlight this one because, you know, he doesn't sit at the... And I like to bring Old Dog where they don't necessarily sit as the top, you know, club player or the most capped centre or, the, you know, most capped position, most tried thing. But when you looked at Willie Tonga's stint, to, well, he's five years at the club. I mean, 2004-2008, he had some really good success. Uh, no wonder why the Cowboys came marching in with a big deal for him. Uh, it was just... It was someone... That when you went to games or you're watching on whatever, when you're at home watching the games, he was someone that you actually look forward to watching because you just, you knew he would make space. He would let you down. Yeah, and he would run. I do actually remember once he did fill in for wing for Matt Utah. I remember, I can't remember the game. It might have been against the Cowboys where Utah went off a little bit early because of injury. And Willie Tonga went back to the wing. I thought, yeah, it can't be too bad. No, he was definitely a center. He was a center. (laughs) (laughs) But like, he's just a player that I think that. You look back at the two thousand. If you look back at the two thousand and four season, like you just remember how good he was, but he he's only played eighty two games for the club, so he hasn't made the hundred. He got to the fifty. Um, he only played one hundred eighty two NRL games. Not I shouldn't say only one hundred eighty two games. He's played one hundred eighty two games. I just wanted to highlight someone who had such a big impact throughout the season. The two thousand and four season was a in particular was an enormous season for Willie, bursting onto the scene, becoming from, I suppose. A no-name fringe NRL player at Parramatta to hitting the heights 
of what he did at Canterbury. So that's, these are players I want to highlight because I want you to go back and think and watch if you've got a chance to watch some Willie Tonga highlights or even just go back down memory lane a little bit and watch and what actually Willie Tonga done to just be how to be so impressed. Because I when I did this one, I picked this one, I just all these memories flooded back of Willie Tonga. I used to feel sorry for him though with his nickname at the time. <sighs> Little Willie. <laughs> Willie Mason. <laughs> so we had the big Willie. Um, maybe that's why I left Canterbury. Oh no, but Willie Mason left too. <laughs> the twenty-five minute man, Willie Mason, and uh, and then uh, little Willie. <laughs> not a great it's, nickname. Maybe we no. should look, maybe we should leave it there on that one. <laughs> not ideal. Anyway, we'll wrap the show up. Uh, got a thought of the show or want to have your say? Give us a tweet at NRL Bulldogs fans. Uh, we're on Instagram at NRL Bulldogs underscore fans. Send us an email if that's your preferred way at NRL, oh, sorry, NRL Bulldogs dot fans at gmail.com. That's the way to contact us. Uh, if not, we'll have a good week and we'll chat to you guys later.